This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Hedonism 4. We are broadcasting live and in living color, although, you know, it's an audio podcast, not a visual one, but uh, the the figure of speech still stands. Welcome to the Hardmark Podcast. My name is Eric Donaldson. I am your host of the Hardmark Podcast. With me, as always, is the man of a thousand compliments, the soul skater, the mater d of Matt Drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, Ryan. I, I feel like every... Recently, every time there's been a new one. Uh huh. Th- yeah, the, there was a new one. The painter. The <laughs> the living painting. The living the living painting. Yeah, that we've had that for the past several episodes. Have we really? What what is yeah. I have I acknowledged it? I I don't recall. No, because you insist on interrupting me as I'm going through your different <laughs> nicknames every time. That's. <laughs> you keep adding one. What do you? <laughs> you could sit and then. After I've finished introducing you, that's when you could greet the people, the audience, and and make any comments. But instead, you insist on talking <laughs> while I'm talking. Got it. Okay. You know, I, my notes. I'm checking them off. Are you gonna? Is this setting the tone for the remainder of this episode? Is this, is this <laughs> one where we get in a big fight, like the Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man one? The episode four. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, um, uh, I just, I haven't heard that or I don't recall it. So, um, yeah, living painting because, uh, you know, you're, you're my living painting. I just like gazing at you, uh, with, Who doesn't? with these locks of, you know, <laughs> your hair's getting real wild, but there was a new, uh, I'm hoping to not keep adding more. I don't really want to, but you were very insistent uh, last episode that we add the tagline of Ryan Deathmatch Murphy. So that one did get included yeah. for this episode. Yeah. But I'm hoping to, to kibosh anymore. Otherwise, we're not going to have time to yeah, no, just... lock any wrestling <laughs> matches moving forward. Makes sense. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good, yeah. Um, just, I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored, man. I, <laughs> but, you know, it's going... You could you could probably just live on your boat if situation got dire enough. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's in my friend's driveway, so. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, one thing that I wanted to to get addressed right here at the start. I guess yeah. I should probably just um, say, hey, we're on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. We love interacting with our fans. It's not Ryan. So f- for the record, uh, you're welcome to make any recommendations of like, hey, you should watch this match on. Uh, on here, like tweet us or Facebook us because Ryan's really not uh, keeping up to date on any of those things. So it's just going to be me. Uh, so so you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything because it's me managing the social media accounts. So you can say, hey, you should watch that match where the dude got uh, his wiener pulled out. That's not a real match. But if it was, you could say it on Twitter and it wouldn't ruin anything. So just FYI, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, we have social media representation, so please give us a like, give us a follow, give us your attention. At Hard Mark with a K, H R H A R D M A R K P O D C A S T, Hard Mark Podcast on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook, Hard Mark Podcast. You can also email us at, or well, not at, but Hard Mark Podcast at gmail.com email. Uh, so you know 
lot of different ways of reaching out to the folks. I think we even have an Instagram, so I'll I'll plug that on the various social media channels. Snapchat, we don't have. I don't really get how to work Snapchat. I feel like that's every everyone has their technology where like they can't breach it, and then that's what kind of leads to them becoming old people who don't understand technology. Snapchat is that for me. That and that's kind of what it came. That for me as well. Uh, I never got into. I I really haven't even like moved over to Instagram. but like this new like TikTok thing, you know, and and Snapchat Snapchats from what I know are like shorts too, right? Like they're just short, like little. You can't do a podcast on a Snapchat. No, you could not. <laughs> no, Grandpa, you could not do a podcast on a Snapchat. So I mean, but TikTok seems to be really picking up here. Um, yeah, so, you should Eric, get it though. What's that? You should not download TikTok. Right, I understand that there's China. some like. I see issues with TikTok in China, but uh, you know, I, you know, for just expanding the audience, like yeah, TikTok's the new fucking thing. So, how much money would I have to offer to you for you for the podcast mm-hmm. to do a TikTok dance? Probably not that much. <laughs> like, like thirty bucks. No. Oh no no no! I I I mean no like it's not like I would do I would do it I I'm not like I mean thirty bucks like why would I do anything for thirty not that I'm not that I have a ton of money like I'm just <laughs> thirty bucks Eric come on like is that too low or too, too high I'm not I'm getting mixed signals from you I'm not sure if if you're offended that I threw out I'm thirty not, like, I, you, like I don't have a social media presence you'd have to like it'd yeah have but to, I handle that like, you're just doing the dance I'm recording you. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, what's it? Seven? Is it the seven second? What was the old? What was the old TikTok? It was. Uh, oh, the one that was affiliated with Twitter. Yes. Oh. Uh, uh, Vine. Vine. Yes. Thank you, Greta. Uh, it was oh, Vine. That, yes. That was all me. I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need Greta's assistance. Did you uh, know that the WWE actually had uh, one that they had financially backed? It was their own version of Vine, but it didn't take off. It's called Tout. What is that still a thing? Is no. it T O U T? A while, huh? Is it T O U T? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it does not exist anymore. I have a theory that if you come up with a name that's good enough, you should just create a business around that name. Kind of along those same lines, actually. So several years ago, a friend of mine. Uh, and myself went down to Burbank, Burbank, California, beautiful Burbank. And we did some uh, pitching of a, of a script, screenplay that we had written. So, like, the whole premise of this of this event was that all these people had kind of gathered to actually pitch their, so their scripts or screenplays to various, like, production companies and agents and stuff like that. And that was kind of the main thing that everybody had gathered there for. But in the days leading up to that, it was sort of like a convention where you would practice pitching and you would kind of learn, uh, you know, how, how to make it like an elevator pitch and stuff like that. And so during one of these exercises, I remember... Very vividly, I was sitting next to this woman, and I, I it's been so many years at this point, I'm sure the word's gotten out around this spec script, and it's getting all the all the interest that people have. But uh, she was pitching this script about a group of women. They were out to commit a, a bank heist. Uh, so it was like, you know, a heist, Ocean's Eleven type of movie, but all featuring all women. And the purpose of them 
um, going through this bank heist was so they could get enough money for them to all get breast enhancements. <laughs> and the title of the of the film was The Boob Job. <laughs> well, well, I, yeah, well executed right there. It, it seems like it. It right. I, it pitches itself. It does. Um, <laughs> so they they got together, wrote this script, and then flew down to Burbank to pitch this. So it was just one woman. Oh, just it, one woman. Yes, but I heard her pitch, and I was sold immediately. If I was running a production company, <laughs> I would have instantly financed that picture. Did you get any details on what like? Um, I don't. I've never done this. Is there like? Is it just kind of an initial pitch, or is there like a plot, like any sort of plot behind this? Um, behind like this? her, her thing specifically. Yeah. She wasn't pitching to me. I overheard her pitch, though. Oh my god! But just based solely on what I heard, I was immediately sold. Um, I didn't need to hear anything more. So I don't really have details beyond that. But everybody was essentially during this exercise, they were figuring out a way of how can I make my 60-second pitch the best possible one that it could. So I, there wasn't really an opportunity to get more details on what she had written, uh, but that's the main one that stood out to me when I was there. That's just like, it's like, that's like, I, I've never like experienced this life. And I know there's a lot of people who go and do these things, like they pitch something and it's like, I've, I have no idea what this like world, like it, if that's like, is that if that's like a one-off or like everybody is listening to shit like that, like the boob job, like... <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah one of these days once we're once we go to all those big podcast conventions i'll let yeah. you handle the pitches uh, no, to advertisers no, please don't i have <laughs> nothing to do with that i, I feel you know, like as a public natural. speaker as i am i think even when you wrote a little like recommendation for my new you're like he's not a fucking great public speaker <laughs> I'm pretty sure that when I wrote the recommendation, I did not say he's not a fucking great public speaker. <laughs> Something like that. It was. It was. That's the <laughs> what I picked up on. It. No, it, I think you had to like give a, like a criticism or something, and like um, it was. <laughs> Something around public speaking. I wrote you. You told me about that. <laughs> I mean, I remember having to, at times, come close to physically dragging you in to speak uh, at our old job. And so, and so, you know, I feel like if my credibility is on the line and I'm giving somebody a recommendation, uh, it needs to be based somewhat in reality. Um, and you never know how people interview. So I figured I'll give them a heads up like, hey, he may not command the room, but he's reliable. Uh, he's, he's trustworthy, etc. One conversation that we had recently, kind of before we get into some of this other stuff, because I think we have a fair amount uh, of items to cover. Pizza. We had a discussion about pizza recently. So one thing that you brought up that when presented with a bunch of different pizza options, you tend to go with a New York style pie. Is that correct? I don't just thin crust. Like the best part about a pizza is a really nice crispy, like just a, like a little bit of a crunch and a crisp on the bottom. And you, so you like pizza that has a crisp, crunchy uh, crust. And then what, what are we talking sauce wise? Thin layer of sauce, a lot of sauce. No, like a thin layer of sauce. Like you could, yeah. And how much cheese? Light cheese. 
And then topping wise, just like simple pizza, like pepperoni is fine. Um, I do, I like other toppings, but like if you're just going straight, like yes, it's just a pepperoni pizza. It's fine. That'll suffice. Man, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like, and I don't, I don't want to paint you with any sort of unfair brush here, but I just feel like this paints a, a dreary picture of your, of your sexual preferences, just because of how, <laughs> how basic your pizza preferences i i don't know i I, that's an interesting like connection right i Uh, feel like pizza and sex even when they're bad they're still good i I, your preferences i think speak a lot and they they have tie-ins together hmm. that's Um, my Freudian analysis yeah that's i don't crunchy crust thin layer of sauce thin layer of cheese maybe light pepperoni it sounds very plain to me you're completely misinterpreting this whole thing like this is shocking i don't think so i think i'm reading into it i think i'm making informed decisions uh based on evidence presented to me have you you've got you've been to italy (laughs) yes have you ever gone like just like they they toss this little small piece of dough and they throw it in like a brick oven they heat it up for like five minutes and it comes out, it's got like blisters on it. It's got, you know, it's like a little bit of burnt edges. You, that, you throw like the tomato dabs of cheese and that's it. That's that's pizza right there. Um, to be fair, I didn't eat a lot of pizza when I was in Italy. I tended to stick towards pasta. But yeah. I know what you're talking about. But honestly, yeah. I prefer not that. You know, if, 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 I, if I'm given the option of everything, honestly... I really like Detroit-style pizza. That might be my favorite type. And then I, Chicago, probably second. Detroit-style pizza has, like, this little, like, box kind of form, and it's, like, squares, and mm-hmm. that's that's different than Chicago-style pizza. I agree. I, that's why I said it was a different thing. I said Chicago is second place, and then Detroit's first, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, but you didn't even eat pizza in Italy, so what the fuck do you know about pizza? <laughs> they didn't even invent pizza. It's an American it's like thing. It's an Italian staple. Like, all the fucking ingredients come from Italy. Like, you get the, the fucking prime tomato sauce straight from the source in Italy. Like, you don't get that anywhere else in the world. Like, But I think that we invented pizza. I don't think that that was an Italian thing. I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I don't fucking know who invented pizza. I don't like. I just know like the ingredients are Italian staples. You throw a little, yeah, like uh, Italian seasoning, oregano, like all that. That (laughs) my my point. Like so, when I when I do pizza, like my favorite thing recently is just you get, and this is gonna sound super bland, like you said before, but this is what it is. Like you get a tortilla, you throw a little light tomato sauce on that tortilla, light cheese on top, yeah. A tortilla. Eric, I'm not fucking done yet. And you throw pepperoni on top of that. In the oven, it comes out like super crispy. And it's just like this flat, light. I don't like a lot of grease on my pizza, you know? Did you mention cheese? Yeah, you throw cheese on there too. Pepper jack cheese. Do you, but cheese makes you go boom, boom. Am I correct? Yeah, Mike doesn't tolerate <laughs> So that explains why, okay, so why you should have just said that at the start, because for, for long-time listeners, people who have been keeping up, uh, Ryan is lactose intolerant. It makes him a, a little gassy, let's be honest, makes him a little bit gassy. He's got to go poop-poop after he eats some cheese, and <laughs> that, so yeah, if I was lactose intolerant, I would probably not enjoy Chicago-style pizza. I don't think Chicago-style pizza is known for having a, like, a ton of cheese on it, though. 
It's like a lot. It might. Okay. Yeah, sure. Like, but like you could also get a New York style pizza with a lot of cheese on it. Like it's, it's, it's about the thickness and like you look at some of the stuff and it's like a lot of like kind of like maybe a super thick crust with like some tomato sauce that's kind of like stacked on there like a lasagna and then you have cheese on the top. There's a, there's a place just, I mean, before we get off this topic, there's a place and I, we have two pizza places. We have Bothell Brick Oven Pizza who does like more of a traditional like Italian fire, like, you know, brick oven uh, coal fire pizza yeah. and that high they're never fucking open even before covid they like close during everything the other place is like sparta's and like there's a lot of people who really like pizza who really like that place so i'll kind of preface it by saying that like don't take my opinion i'm not a dude just a fucking cheese on this pizza and it's like the most disgusting greasy fucking thing like i've ever seen in my life i had i had to like go through and like pick off cheese and then like Kind of replace pepperoni back on because it's buried you in the cheese. cheese. Yeah, no, it was too much. You can't do that much cheese on a on a slice. What uh, do you What do you do when you eat cheese? Do you just like grin and bear it? Well, I can handle a little bit of cheese. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not like severely lactose tolerant. I'm just like if I you know I'm not like ice cream or milk like that'll that'll do it. <laughs> Sad. I, I don't. I think I'd. I think I'd kill myself if I was you. I don't think I could really? live that way. I don't really like cheese that much. Like the taste. I mean, that works well for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love ice cream and cheese too much. So that's that's my yeah. That's my issue. Can we give a big fuck you to Major League Baseball and all fucking ticket third party ticket vendors? That's it, right. Are you still caught up in that? Because weren't you having some issues with refunds or something? Yeah. So I I bought tickets. Um, from a third party site, like thinking this was this was well before any of this was going on. Well, not well before it was like February. So I fucking called them like once, and they're like, "No, we're not giving a refund until you know the game is officially canceled." Because all Major League Baseball has done is postpone these games, right? So you can't you can't do anything. Like, and I kind of am like a little late to dispute it, and I feel like if I, I don't know I don't know how that would go. I feel like if I dispute, I'd probably win, but. I mean, I dropped like four hundred dollars in one night, like getting tickets for like a game that would have been on April thirtieth, and it was, and and for them to postpone it and like not like refund, like there's a lawsuit right now going on with like Major League Baseball, like and their fans suing the fucking teams for not like just canceling outright. What the fuck, man? Like even if the, the, the game's postponed, I bought tickets for that day, not for like, you know, two months down the line. Just a big fuck you to Major League Baseball, all their fucking teams, uh, all the, the ticket vendors, all of them. Fuck all of them. Like, just horrible, horrible people. Don't buy from anybody. Just don't yeah. go to... Yeah. Ryan's never going to watch another baseball game as long <laughs> as he lives. So let's talk about the wonderful amazing spectacular match that we are going to be watching here today ryan murphy i'm gonna throw a name at you ryan and you just let me know first thing that pops in your mind hulk hogan oh fuck there's so much going on in my head <laughs> i'll i'll settle for oh fuck as being the first thing in your okay in your... yeah <laughs> um, just, there's uh, he's the yellow bandana he's a sex tape guy It occurred to me, as I was kind of putting together the notes for this episode, we've now watched two Hulk Hogan matches, him Mm -hmm. versus Andre the Giant and him versus Macho Man Randy Savage. And 
the very first episode of this podcast was him versus Andre. And like, really, we didn't really talk about Hulk or Andre all that much. We really just more talked about pro wrestling as a whole in that episode. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, and then in the second match against Macho Man, we really talked about their feud specifically as opposed to Hulk Hogan as a general sort of figure. And really the main thing that we've talked about in regards to Hulk, as you already alluded to, is the sex tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, by this point, you're a real expert on. Yeah, no, I know all about it. Yeah. From yeah. his Pringles can penis all the way to to his sad performance. Um, but let's talk a little bit about kind of before the sex tape, before uh, all the more controversial aspects, let's say, of the, the Hulkster. Let me just give you a little bit of background on, on who this guy is. So Hulk Hogan, uh, he started wrestling in the late 1970s. Uh, you were just a, a little twinkle in your father's eye at that point in time, Ryan Murphy. Um, Hulk Hogan did not start wrestling under the name Hulk Hogan. He actually started wrestling under the name of Terry Boulder. I'm trying to think, was there any like relationship to another Terry? Or is that his name? His real so his real name is Terry Balea. Okay. Yeah. So Terry Balea is him Hulk and Hogan's. Terry Bradshaw just to me go like hand in hand. <laughs> uh, so I mean, if Terry Bradshaw would have grown his hair out a little bit more, they would have a very similar. Hey, yeah, yeah. You, I can see them, you know, being related cousins, sure. distant cousins. Yeah. But yeah, so he, he kept his first name the same, and then he took the last name of Boulder. So his wrestling name uh, when he first got started was Terry Boulder. So he kind of worked all over the territories back then. We've talked a little bit about those. So he worked a little bit in Florida. He also worked in Memphis, which we saw Jerry the King Lawler. You remember Jerry Lawler from his his match against uh, Andy Kaufman? So while he was wrestling in Memphis, I guess there was a fairly famous talk show based out of Memphis around this same point in time. The other guest on this talk show was a guy by the name of Lou Ferrigno. Have you ever heard of Lou Ferrigno before? No. So Lou Ferrigno was famous for a couple of reasons. One, he was in a movie called Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which really kind of put Arnold Schwarzenegger on the map. Oh, really? Um, Yes. So in that movie, which was... At least substantially fictional, uh, but it was meant to be kind of like a real-life portrayal of, of their war, their lives in the world of bodybuilding. Schwarzenegger was kind of portrayed as being like a piece-of-shit asshole, and Ferrigno was like the good guy who just like couldn't win against Schwarzenegger. That's kind of how it was portrayed at that point in time in that movie. But it's worth checking out if you're curious to see a very young Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about how lifting weights is like coming. Yeah, (laughs) I'll check it out tonight. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Uh, But the other reason that Lou Ferrigno was was of uh, of note was because he actually played the Incredible Hulk on the TV show, The Incredible Hulk. Was there a TV show? There was. Yes. Mm. And that's (laughs) hence hence me mentioning that he played the Incredible (laughs) Hulk on that show. But this is this was old. So basically what would happen on the show is you had just some regular dude. I think Bill Bixby. I don't know why that name's popping into my head, but it must be Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby played uh, Bruce Banner or David Banner. I I think they may have renamed him for the show. And then when he would get angry, they would do like these cuts and like you could see his eyes turning green. And then you'd see the muscles bulging out of the shirt and the pants. And then it would cut and Lou Ferrigno was painted green as the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, that sounds like the Hulk. (laughs) 
Sounds like the Hulk I know. <laughs> so the reason that I bring all this stuff is, so Hulk Hogan was on this talk show along with Lou Ferrigno, who also happened to be on the same talk show in Memphis. Uh, so the host, seeing these two guys, these mammoth gentlemen, side by side, he actually commented that Terry, Terry Boulder, was bigger than the Hulk. And so that led him to taking on the name Terry the Hulk Boulder. Okay, so he's kind of got in the middle now. Uh, so eventually, so he kind of finishes up in Memphis, and he makes his way to New York. So that's the territory. Uh, the WWF, which at that point in time was then owned by Vince McMahon Sr., the father of the Vince McMahon that everybody knows and loves here today. Which, along those lines, rest in peace, XFL. Uh, may you never <laughs> forgot. So the thing about Vince McMahon's dad, Vince Sr., is that he loved ethnic gimmicks. So just about all the top guys that worked in the New York Territory, both good guys and bad guys, they usually represented different groups within New York. So you had Pedro Morales, who I believe uh, was Puerto Rican. Uh, You also had Bruno Sammartino to represent the Italians. And so oftentimes these people would go in there and you'd have those, you know, pockets of the population would show up to support their guy. When uh, Terry the Hulk Boulder shows up... (laughs) Vince Sr. wanted Terry to take the last name of Hogan and dye his hair red to make him Irish. Ah. But he did it? I don't know if you've ever seen Hulk Hogan, everyone listening. Uh, I don't know that his features strike me as especially Irish, but that's just me. (laughs) Did he ever go with the red hair? Was there like a picture of him with that? He did not. So he he agreed to change his name. He declined dyeing his hair red. Uh, claiming he'd just be, quote, a blonde Irish. <laughs> this, is, this is just, this is stuff you never hear. No, like, most people don't care to, to find these things out. I... But it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's really a, a truly interesting world uh, that someone would look at Hulk Hogan. And so Vince McMahon, he was Irish. And so he wanted to kind of have the best star representing the Irish people, and so he looked at Hulk Hogan and be like, holy shit, I want that guy to be Irish. Even though, with that tan, not so not so Irish. Well, I mean, that's still, like, yeah, I mean, that's where his name settled from, is, like, the red hair's, like, it's crazy, but, like, this Hulk Hogan all originated from him being, like, wanting, or Vince McMahon wanted him to be Irish. Exactly, like, that's how it started. It started half <laughs> with him being bigger than the guy who played the Incredible Hulk, and then half, like, oh, you should be Irish. And then he, that, that's how Hulk Hogan came to be. So huh. that's kind of the genesis of Hulk. From there, so as far as how he really became a household name, uh, Sylvester Stallone saw Hulk Hogan wrestle in New York while he was wrestling. He was wrestling as a bad guy at that particular point in time. There was actually, and you can find this, and I'll make sure to post this uh, when this episode makes air, but you can actually see back when he first started, Hulk Hogan, which he was so hairy, he actually shaved. It looked like a nuclear bomb going off with his stomach and chest hair. So it came down to a very sharp, narrow point at his belly button, and then it uh, mushroom clouded up around his chest. It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> that does not surprise me in the slightest. Like I would see that on a match and be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Very yeah, curious. of course. Yeah, you, you, I would say that you could pull that look off pretty well, Ryan, if I just had to take a guess. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
as mentioned, Stallone, he saw Hulk Hogan wrestle in New York, and he wanted to cast him in a, in a movie. Uh, you know, it's an independent movie. Maybe not a lot of, a lot of people have heard of it. Rocky Three, And so uh, Hulk Hogan was very interested in participating in Rocky Three, as anybody would at that point in time. Um, and Vince McMahon, again, this is Vince McMahon Sr., he set an ultimatum and said that if Hulk Hogan was in that movie, that he would be fired and he would never wrestle in New York again. Is that just to like hold his image as like a wrestler or something? Or I think it was partially that. Uh, I think it was also partially due to the fact that, you know, if he's away making this movie, then that's time away from him wrestling. You know, for- blow him up as a star, though. You know. Yeah, for sure. And like, there's definitely the two ways of looking at it. But Vince McMahon was very old school, and so I think he he saw that as more of a threat of like it's if always made to get poached. Yeah, the guy is classic. You know, he he's a he's a great decision maker. I mean, look at his. You know, well again, this is Vince Senior. This is not the current Vince McMahon that oh, we all know and love. Right. <laughs> but but uh, but but yeah, it was he, he's an old school promoter, and so he he was not uh, interested. Have you seen Rocky Three, by the way? Just uh, T. I haven't gone through the Rocky. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> Why do I always ask you? These questions, yeah. I know full well that you haven't seen any of these movies. I mean, I probably should. It's not like a. Two seen Rocky one. Seen any Rockies? I, have, I haven't seen the. I haven't seen the the whole Rocky series. I know the premise of the movie, but <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen them. Um, Can I just say, for somebody, <laughs> I've met people who who have no interest in movies and that's fine and so like for those people i don't even bother asking like hey have you seen xyz because i know that they haven't yeah. you strike me as someone who like actually like hey yeah i like movies like if i was to ask you hey do you like movies you say sure i like movies but then anytime i ask you about any movie you've never seen it <laughs> i mm-hmm. I'm like pretty picky on like what I invest my time. Not because I have other things to do, just because like it's tough for, to focus for an hour and a half on like a movie. Um, so it, it makes that decision a little bit more hard. So I think it's why like my whole life I've grown up not really dealt. If I get into what I'm watching, like usually I think it's pretty good, but I just don't watch that many movies. Um, I, I I would say that Rocky Three is probably better than Brink. That's just my opinion. That's your opinion, Eric. That's, we'll that's see. We'll opinion. see if our viewers agree or disagree. We'll put up a poll. <laughs> Brink two, Disney's Brink or Rocky three. So <clears throat> he got the ultimatum. Like, hey, if you do this, you're fired. You're not going to work in New York again. Uh, against Vince McMahon Senior's wishes, Hulk Hogan then accepted the role for oh. fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, great cut. Yeah, <laughs> a hell of a take. <laughs> and he played the pro wrestler Thunderlips. The ultimate, lo- the ultimate male. He didn't continue with that name, unfortunately. He did not. Well, he probably, you know, would, issues with uh, United Artists, that sort of thing. Uh, fun side fact about him filming that movie, Hulk Hogan actually broke Sylvester Stallone's collarbone while they filmed their scene oh, together. Shit. So the beginning of Rocky Three kind of opens with a charity match between Thunderlips and Rocky Balboa and... Yeah, Rocky gets thrown out of the ring by Thunderlips. And so it was just kind of a brief cameo. It wasn't a major role or anything like that, but it was definitely highlighted enough where it got Hulk Hogan some notoriety. So from there, so apparently he's been blackballed from New York. He's no longer going to be wrestling in the WWF. So from there, he went to the AWA. 
based out of Minneapolis in the summer of 1981. And within short order, he became their top good guy, coming out to Eye of the Tiger as his theme music, as sort of a reference back to his role in Rocky. Even though he was a bad guy in Rocky, people kind of recognize him as, hey, that's the Rocky guy. Uh, so in the AWA, that's where Hulkamania was born. Uh, oh. The fa- fans <laughs> loved him. So imagine Beatlemania, but times a thousand, because Hulk, yeah. Hulk Hogan's bigger than the Beatles. <laughs> Physically. Yeah, he still has Hulkamania. That's still a thing, right? From Hulkamania like, still is still going wild. Hulkamania yeah. will live forever, my friend. Yeah. yeah. So the promoter of the AWA, however, would not commit to making Hulk the champion. And so uh, after a while, they probably spent about a year teasing that Hulk was going to become the champion of the AWA, but they never pulled the trigger. And after they had a disagreement over merchandising money, Hulk Hogan left to go back to the WWF, what was now under the ownership of Vince McMahon Jr., the, the Vince McMahon that we all know and love. Great decision maker Vince McMahon, yeah. Great, great decision maker Vince McMahon. So Hulkamania grew even bigger in the WWF and was the main piece in turning the WWF into the first national wrestling company. So we've talked a little bit about territories and how kind of you have them dotted all over the country. Vince McMahon saw Hulk Hogan and said, that's the guy that I need to make this a nationwide company so we can tour everywhere. And so Hulk was instrumental in all that. So Hogan's popularity at the time was enormous. McMahon leveraged every avenue that he could to turn Hulk into a household name. Uh, As far as some of his his accomplishments, in case you weren't aware of these, Hulk Hogan was the first pro wrestler to host Saturday Night Live, which is a feat only duplicated by The Rock many years later. Uh, And to this day, he's the only wrestler to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I feel like as a kid, I saw a lot of Hulk Hogan, like not even as a wrestling fan, just all. And I was a Sports Illustrated, you know, guy. All over the fucking place. Uh, Yeah. That guy was plastered in front of your face, whether you wanted it or not, like. For sure. I mean, I would say there was probably a point in time where legitimately, you know, Hulk Hogan would have been the top one of the one of the top three most recognizable athletes in the entire world. I mean, you could have very easily made a case that it was would have been like him, Michael Jordan and I don't know, Muhammad Ali or something at one point in time. Yeah, for sure. Just because of how distinctive he looked, you'd be like, yep, that's Hulk Hogan. I know who the fuck that guy is. Yeah. So that's kind of the history of Hulk Hogan like this is that's how big of a deal he was and like he turned pro wrestling into a national mainstream thing he carried the WWF on his back um starting in those in those early 80s years and so we've seen now a couple of WrestleManias we saw WrestleMania 3 against Andre we also saw WrestleMania 5 against Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. now fast forward to the match we're going to be watching today WrestleMania 6 so this happened in 1990 Hulk had been with the company for almost seven years at this point, and he had been the champion for almost that whole time. I think there was just about a year um, that he wasn't, but aside from that, he'd been champion for for nearly seven years, and nobody had been able to match his popularity in the company until now. Are you ready to meet our second? In 1990. Pardon me? In 1990, no one had been able to match his popularity. Is that what you're saying? I mean, the entire time that Hulk Hogan had been in the WWF, he was the guy. He was the top star. He was the most popular person. And there wasn't anybody. This this match is what you're talking about, up until this match. Up until this match, nobody had been able to to be as popular. Like, nobody rivaled Hulk Hogan in terms of popularity. Like, if you watched WWF, you knew instantly, like, oh, Hulk Hogan's, like, the top guy. He's, he's, He's the most popular person on this show. Like, that was immediate 
And that was very clear to anyone who watched. But now in 1990, you have a new person who started rivaling Hulk in popularity. And their name was The Ultimate Warrior. Give me your take before I get into my whole speech. Ultimate Warrior. Describe what you picture in your head when you when you hear the Ultimate Warrior. Like I feel like he has a face mask on or something. He has paint. Ah, like a full face, like pretty much. Yeah. Uh, is it some like lightning bolts or something like some red and yellow face paint? Uh, it's like a mask. It's like a face mask paint thing. Uh, it's not lightning bolts so much, but it's a design. I don't know how to really describe it besides it's a faint face paint mask. He sounds fucking lame as fuck. <laughs> so. What if I told you that he had tassels around his arms to make his already gigantic biceps appear that much larger? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. All right, yeah. you you sound sold by this this guy. Let's let's talk about him a little bit, and by all means, let me know if you have any questions as we go. Uh, so, the Ultimate Warrior is a former bodybuilder. His name, his real name, uh, was Jim Hellwig. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, former bodybuilder, awesome. He sounds even sicker now. Uh, he broke into wrestling in 1985. So at this point, Hulk had already been established in the WWF. So he broke into wrestling in 1985 with Sting from Episode 9. So I don't know how vividly you remember the Ric Flair versus Sting match. Sting also had face paint on. He and Sting broke into professional wrestling together. Okay. Sting gave that very humble interview that you seem very impressed by. <laughs> So the Ultimate Warrior, when he started wrestling, well, maybe not right when he started, but pretty early on in his career, he wrestled as the Dingo Warrior. I guess he was billed as being from Australia uh, before he got brought into the WWF in 1987. And then they instantly were like, Dingo Warrior is fucking stupid. We're going to call you the Ultimate Warrior. The thing to remember, bless you, the thing to remember about Warrior, he had tremendous en- energy and charisma. Uh, the way that I would describe the Ultimate Warrior is he looked like a Lisa Frank drawing for boys. Do you remember Lisa Frank? I feel like I've heard the name. Look it up know. on your phone. Look up Lisa yeah. Frank on your phone right now. Lisa Frank for boys is what you just, said, right? No, just Lisa Frank. <laughs> but but that's what... Okay, let me hear. She's 65? about right? Put on the image. Lisa yeah, Frank is an She's very young. At- are, you, are you looking at Lisa Frank drawings? Yes. So the Ultimate Warrior was basically the equivalent of a Lisa Frank drawing, but for a boy. Really? That's that's in my opinion. So Lisa Frank was basically like glitter and sparkles and like all the shit that girls love. Okay, what if you took a fucking muscled up, jacked up dude, put face paint on, just fucking trotted him out there. That's like Lisa Frank, but for boys. <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> He was not marketed as such, just so we're clear. Nobody come to say, like, oh, Eric, he was never... Vince McMahon didn't call Ultimate Warrior Lisa Frank for boys. I know. I'm just saying that he, that's my opinion. We've talked about the face paint. We've talked about the tassels. He had wild 80s hair that looked like a lion's mane, essentially. That's uh, and, not common. Yeah, yeah, not uncommon. I mean, he almost looked like a, a hair metal rocker type, but, like, gigantic. So he would run to the ring for every match. So he wouldn't just walk. He would... He would sprint to the ring for every match and shake the ring ropes in a frenzy. That's his thing. That's his thing. Uh, this, and also yeah. his theme music, which we'll hear on the, the match today, his theme music was perfect 
for his character, and immediately people like would freak out when they heard it. So one of the one of the best uses of theme music okay. in WF history, I think. Um, so at this point, and I know that you've watched a couple of Hulk Hogan matches. Do you remember how he won the two matches that we've seen so far? He has a he has a, <laughs> that was pretty it's some sort of finishing move. Uh, you can say that about literally every wrestler yeah, ever. But I, know, I just said it was generic. Here's how Hulk Hogan matches always finished. Not always, but most of the time they would. His opponent would hit their finishing move, whatever it is, like Macho Man had the big elbow off the top rope, you, whatever the move would be. Hulk Hogan would kick out. Shockingly, he would kick out. And then he would Hulk up. So he would stand. He would get down. He would be, okay, let me just, and yeah, I know, and just do it over there. Yeah, no, I'm going to do it on camera. I'm going to describe so everyone can get a yeah. sense of what I'm doing. So Hulk Hogan would kick out. He would instantly get to his knees, and he'd puff out his cheeks and just start shaking his head. And everyone would go fucking nuts in the in the audience. And so his opponent would be like, what's going on? And then they'd punch him, and he'd just shake his head like, no, it doesn't hurt me anymore. And then they'd punch him again, and he'd still shake it off. And they'd punch him a third time, and that's when he'd get to his feet, and he'd start... Like, just walking the circle, shaking his arms, and, like, pumping himself up. Like, and, and while this is happening, the guy would start clubbing on his back. He'd just shake it off. He didn't, he didn't sell any of it. And then, finally, after, like, the third time the guy would club him in the back, Hulk Hogan would, like, stand up straight. He'd look at him, and he'd point, you! And then the guy would try and punch him again. Hulk would block it. He'd punch him three times in the head. He'd throw him into the ropes give them a big boot when they came back to him, leg drop, pinfall, one, two, three. So that whole thing is called hulking up. That's a little intricate for, like, the whole, like, yeah. But the leg drop was the finishing. Yes. Finishing move. Was the the cherry on top of the sundae, but literally all those other things went into it, too. Kicking out of the finish, puffing up his cheeks, going around the ring, and so, like, that's how it worked. That's just... If you're watching a Hulk Hogan match, you expect that to happen. When I take my notes, I'm going to go back. I'm going to look for this again with this. So, you know. It definitely did that in the Macho Man match. Uh, He did something like that against Andre, but it wasn't exactly as I described. It wasn't verbatim, but the Macho Man definitely uh, ended that way. And that was like what Hulk Hogan did. That was like the way he would always finish his matches. Ultimate Warrior did something very, very similar. So he would kick out of the guy's finish. He would then dance around the ring, not like a, you know, dance dance, but he'd kind of like shake and gyrate and whatever. And then he'd shake the ring ropes. He would hit him with a bunch of shoulder blocks. He'd press him above his head, drop him, and then splash him. But very, very similar to what Hulk Hogan did. And again, people fucking loved it. They ate it up. So in WrestleMania 1 through 5... Hulk Hogan had always been wrestling the top bad guy in the company and beating them in the main event. That's pretty much always what had happened every single year, with except for one, but we don't have to get into it. Uh, so we watched three, we watched five. This is the very first time that Hulk Hogan was defending the WWF title against another good guy. So the Ultimate Warrior was a good guy that was rivaling Hulk Hogan in popularity. Oh, that's... Uh, it was the first time that he was defending against a good guy, and it was especially notable for being the main event of the biggest show of the year, which was, of course, as we talked about, WrestleMania Six at the Toronto Skydome. From a business perspective, it was viewed as a risk because 
They knew that Hulk Hogan versus a bad guy would draw money. It was unclear if Hulk Hogan versus a good guy would. The so the what just because they're like two powerhouses, they went with it. Uh. Why did they go with it? Is that what your yeah. question is? Uh, because I think that there was a, a sense that, you know, it was somewhat formulaic having Hulk always beat like the top bad guy. Whereas if you had this other person who potentially uh, could end up beating Hulk Hogan, maybe, you know, just based on the intrigue of not knowing what's going to happen, maybe that's enough to kind of spur by like it did huge business. Um, but there was concern leading up to it that, you know, it's not quite the storyline that Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan was. Like, that had a very intricate year-long story to it. This didn't have that. This was really just built on the intrigue of good guy versus good guy. Have we watched a good good guy versus good guy, like, match like this up to this point? Let me double-check my notes. I don't think that we have. Let me, let me double-check my notes, too. Please. No, no, okay. we have not. No, nothing like this. There's, there's been some matches where you could kind of argue like, eh, they were both kind of good or kind of bad. But no, this is really the true first good guy versus good guy thing. You could argue that Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey was, but this is yeah, yeah. not quite the same. Okay. Yeah. So basically, just to kind of put our, our finishing on this little description here. Uh, neither man, neither Hulk Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior, had ever been beaten in a fair fight without interference. That had never, ever, ever happened. The only time they had ever lost was because a manager of a bad guy had run in and, like, cheated, and then they got fucked. They had never, ever actually been beaten in a fair fight before. Neither guy. Uh, so while the story leading up to their match was pretty forgettable, it was difficult to predict a clear winner and loser. And to make things even more interesting, if you weren't already interested enough, Ryan Murphy... This was the very first time that both the w, the WWF championship held by Hulk Hogan and the Intercontinental Championship held by Ultimate Warrior were on the line in a title versus title match. So whoever won got both championships. That's that's crazy. I know, it's it's nuts, right? So basically, <laughs> just so you know, the we don't have to get into a whole big thing about it. The, the Intercontinental title, the idea was yeah. <laughs> Two shows happening at the same time, but in different cities. One yeah. show was main evented by one champion. The other one would be, would be main evented by the other. So, like, the world title was the top one. And then you kind of had just a step below that was the Intercontinental title. But then you have WWF. You have Intercontinental. Yeah. And then you have... D- so, I'm, I guess I'm a little confused on, like, their tiers. The, so, the WWF title's the top. And then Intercontinental title's beneath that. It is beneath the WWF, but that's Title. that's that's domestic. That's like US, right? Like, but still, like the main. I wouldn't. So I wouldn't think too much about that. Um, the fact that it's called, would be like would be like worldwide, though. Like it's international. Well, the WWF title is technically the WWF WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Okay. But none okay. of that actually sure. matters. It, it's not as if like, oh, the world title's defended in Japan and the intercontinental title's not. Like that that has no bearing on it. It's literally the just WWF is the, the headliner here, like Well the WWF is the main title. Like that was the one that was established first. And then okay. years later they determined, okay, we need something else for other people to fight over. So they literally invented a championship and they said, 
oh, this guy won it in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, which never actually fucking happened. And so that's how the Intercontinental title was created. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see here. And so just so you know, last thing I'll mention around this, the build to this match is actually my first memory of professional wrestling. I do remember having the WWF magazine and seeing uh, the cover with both guys on it. And, and uh, they were on top of a mountain posing with their respective title. Uh, Hulk Hogan was ripping his shirt and then Ultimate Warrior was doing like a double arm bicep flex thing like, ah, and that's my first memory of, of pro wrestling. So when they did this, they took this like photo shoot. Um, like, you know, like this is in, in like uh, MMA and, and those kind of like boxing. They'll, they'll get together and they'll like, you know, do those little like pre-ring like. This was more of like a like a photo shoot in the WWF. Yes. All right. Let me share my screen. <laughs> you see, yeah. see that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I gotta. That guy's. That guy's. That guy's. This is a big guy. Yeah. Bigger than Hulk. Um. More I mean, just like bigger than Hulk. It's not taller, but he's like he's he's a bulky guy. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hulk has more of like a power lifter physique, whereas Warrior was more of a bodybuilder. Um, I like this. I like this a lot more than what they do now with these. I hate the stupid like pre ring or like pre fight like during the weigh ins. Yeah, it's so it just it's so dumb. But like you, know, you get a picture of the two of them and they just beat the shit out of each other. Like that's <laughs> that's as it should be. As it should be. Uh, cool. Um, so with that said, that is the build up to our WrestleMania six main event. We'll be watching that in just a little bit. Hulk Hogan versus the ultimate warrior title for title, the ultimate challenge. Uh, before we actually start watching that match, Ryan, is there anything that you have for Ryan's Carter? There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut line. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we I thought we covered it earlier. Pizza. Yeah, know. the pizza. The pizza yeah, with the yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll take a real quick commercial break. Uh, and then we will come back with our thoughts on Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. And just to set the stage, everybody, uh, in case you had forgotten since our last episode, let's take a look here at the old rankings. So Ryan Murphy is at a record of four and eight. Uh, four wins, eight losses. He's on a one uh, one losing streak, one match losing streak, I guess you could say, and he's looking to come back from that. So we'll see what but I, happens. But I've, changed, I've changed my approach a little bit. And you know what? I feel good about it. I think two of those losses, last week's, that was fine. I was, I, I lost last week, right? Yes, that's what I just said. Bullshit fucking Ronda Rousey match. Yes. Yeah, and there was another one, too, that I felt like, uh, what was it? Dream Team versus the Million Dollar Team. You, you uh, picked Bret Hart, and he, right. he lost against the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I, I was going, I was I, prior to this, I was going to, like, you know, who I thought was going to win, but now I'm just going, like, who I feel, like, has deserved to win throughout the match. He's Go choosing with his heart, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah. will Ryan's heart lead him to victory today? We're about to find out in just a few moments. So hang out with us. Listen to this commercial. It'll only take like a moment or two. And when we come back, uh, we'll share our thoughts about the match. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hulkamaniacs, 
when I said that WrestleMania 6 was more intense than all five WrestleManias put together. I meant it, brothers. Every workout that I train is more intense. The pressure on my back is more intense than ever before. And every minute that I try to sleep, my heart pounds like a drum. I feel Hulkamania's in danger right now, Hulkamaniacs. This is the ultimate test of all times. And when I get in danger, I go back to my roots. I go back to the instincts. That's why I went back to Gold's Gym, Dennis Beach, California, the power pit. That's why I went to the magic mirror, and I said, mirror, mirror on the wall. It's the ultimate warrior, the one that's going to make the Hulkster rise and fall. But ultimate warrior, it has been written. It has been said, and it shall be done in WrestleMania 6. And if I find out that you're the one that has to walk for an eternity in my shoes, brother, let it be. But you've got to prove to me by beating me and all my Hulkamaniacs that you are the ultimate Hulkamaniac. And if you're not, what you gonna do when the largest arms in the world run wild on you? As you, Hulk Hogan, travel to WrestleMania by conventional means, the normals you travel with experience malfunctions. Do you, Hulk Hogan? Try to reason why do you, Hulk Hogan, try and comfort the normals that have even more fear than you? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, kick the doors out? Kick the cockpit door down? Take the two pilots? Into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Push yourself to total self-destruction. As you realize, Hulk Hogan, I am not the chosen one that you speak of. I am not. Never seen nothing like this! And now that adrenaline is flowing! 
Okie dokie. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We just watched the main event of WrestleMania 6 in the Toronto Skydome. Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion versus the Ultimate Warrior, the Intercontinental champion. Um, I didn't expect you to feel um, as strongly as you did about the Ultimate Warrior right off the bat, Ryan. That took me as a surprise. I think if you like, if you name yourself like the Ultimate Warrior and like, Something you didn't play the character, but like you're gonna have to be like you're gonna have to kind of be on everyone's radar. Like expand, like the Ultimate Warrior is just like the most ridiculous name to start off with. You know, you have to do something really impressive to get like people on your side. Maybe right. not nineties, like, but like, <laughs> no. I mean, you you for one did not seem very impressed by the Ultimate Warrior. You I, you seemed. At all, like that was the most ridiculous showing I've ever seen. Like the whole match, he just never like he never stopped. Um, I was yeah. So I was also surprised because one of like the common theme, especially more so in the years since, like once the internet you know became you know such a huge deal and everything, is people kind of grasped onto the fact that it kind of had like a Native American tinge to it, which as a kid. That was never something that I even that had really crossed my mind. But like you instantly gravitated towards like, is this guy supposed to be like a Native American or something? Um, yeah, it's very Native American esque. <laughs> I mean, if that was true, I'd be living on the reservation right now. If all Native <laughs> Americans that I knew looked like the Ultimate Warrior, I'd be there in, in a. Are you in a, a fan flash. of like like in general like of the Ultimate Warrior? Um, no. <laughs> as a as a child, I liked him. Yeah. I did not like him as much as Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah. But we'll talk before we finish up our episode here today. We'll talk a little bit about the Ultimate Warrior. But no, I'm not a. I would not quantify myself as a fan of his. Good. <laughs> Good. So uh, Ryan was incorrect in his <laughs> prediction today. He he said Hulk Hogan was going to take it, which in every other Hulk Hogan match that we've watched that has been exactly what has happened. But in this particular scenario, not meant to be. He was supplanted by the new WWF champion, the first time Hulk Hogan had ever been pinned cleanly in the WWF. Ultimate Warrior. Wow. Yeah. Shocking. Thanks for painting it that way. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was pretty pretty surprised. I... (laughs) Especially like mid match, like I, I thought I had that one called pretty. Even like end of the match, I thought I had that call. I was pretty surprised by the ending, but I'll accept we'll, that. We'll talk more about the ending in just a minute. Let's go through some of my notes. I made a lot of notes. I might skip through some of this stuff. So right off the bat, so we had sort of the hype video, kind of detailing uh, the the things that had happened. Again, this storyline was not nearly as complex as Hulk versus Macho Man, so not a whole lot to tell. They just would fight sometimes. Um, Ultimate Warriors music. What did, did you think? Any, I know I'm a big fan of it. What did you think of it? 
like his walk-up music. Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to it. That's it. <laughs> we have to go back and review that. I, I didn't. I would. Sorry. Uh, we had the full-on face paint, face paint, yep. chest paint. Pretty cool. Uh, let's see. We had your favorite commentators on the match, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body. They were, yeah. I mean, they're okay. Well, you and I were kind of talking over a lot of it, so it made it yeah. less. It's 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 more difficult when I got, like, I have headphones, but I, I can't. So <laughs> it's, the, it's the circumstance. I think, yeah, you're right. Maybe it would be better if I could hear the full commentary instead of. Good. I will say, though, it wasn't as good as Macho Man versus Hulk yeah. as far as the commentary is concerned, because in that match, you had Jesse the Body just being a complete homer for Macho Man, regardless of how much of a piece of shit Macho Man was, and then Gorilla Monsoon sticking up for Hulk, whereas this one, they were kind of both neutral um, for both parties. So they were good, but it was it was fine. Um, right off the bat, we had a lot of tests of strength and a lot of shoving. Uh, there was the famous meme bit where Hulk Hogan has Ultimate Warrior down on his knees and Ultimate Warrior is doing a lot of um, head bobbing and and shaking of his head right around the nether regions of Hulk Hogan. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this have probably seen memes around that. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how popular it is. There was the part where Hulk Hogan hurt his knee going over the top rope. That was a cool 30 seconds of that match that was never referenced again. Yeah, he's like, I can't, I can't, like, move forward, all right? <laughs> like, I'm done, I'm done. And so then... I was I was specifically trying to listen to what he was saying, because you could audibly hear on camera what, what he was saying. He was saying, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, repeatedly. Like, he was really selling the fact that, oh, shit, my knee's fucked up. And literally, as soon as he got in the ring, I think he may have hobbled once or twice, and then from that point forward... Nothing to the point where Gorilla Monsoon had to be like, oh, he must have just his patella must have slipped and then gone back back into place. That That's probably what happened there. But, but the commentators came on, too, and they're like, no, and they're like, he said he's done or something along. Right. With. And then he just. Yeah. Like after that, nothing. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of a dramatic part. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. It was like super dramatic. They like the whole match came to a standstill, and then within a minute or two, yeah, my knee's fine now. I'm just gonna run around for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So we'll just kind of. Oh, okay. We got to talk about this. The bear hug. I know that you're a big bear hug fan. What did you think of this bear hug? I think I think you should back up. I think you skipped over something kind of important. The the, oh. the first the the hand holding part in the beginning. Oh, well, I talked about that with the the you know meme stuff, but but yeah, no, my no, own... not not like not that part was like they they like one guy had his hand like in the air, and then the other guy like slowly like reached like Hulk Hogan like slowly reached for his hand, and then the other one like out on the left side, and yeah. then like Hulk Hogan slowly reaches for his hand. It's like a dance, like choreography, you know, like and <laughs> and then they just like they just hold and yeah, so like then you get put the like the like. Getting into that whole scene was like one of the weirdest things I've seen in wrestling. Um, yeah, I that was you could like I, grab hands and like do it, but <laughs> it was like so, like shaking, like he's getting up there, and like then the other hand, it was so weird. You want to make sure your grip is right, so so that that is known as a test of strength, also known as a Greco Roman knuckle lock. You don't see that shit anymore. That but that was 
every single show from the 80s, it felt like there was at least one test of strength somewhere in there uh, where they'd do the, exactly like what you saw. They'd kind of like make sure their grip was just the way they want it. And then they'd kind of like, you know, try and get the other guy down and put the pressure on. For those of you who can't visually see us, which is everybody, it's basically like a two-handed game of the, uh, the children's game Mercy. Uh, is essentially what that is, but with far more theatrics. Right. Especially, it's not even the game. It's the leading up to like where the hands finally touch. It took mm-hmm. like probably 30 to 45 seconds of him just like wanting to, but like, you know, <laughs> it, it looked like he was very nervous. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, that was, that was, that was odd. I'm just, I, that stuck out to me probably more so than anything in this match. Um, <laughs> But yeah, okay. Hulk um, was tentative about the grip. He know he he knows that the you know the why, only way why, to win. You, why do you have to be so tentative on the way? Why can't you just get a good grip once you're up there? Because you got to make sure each finger is in just the right spot so you have max uh-huh. amount of leverage, Brian. Okay. Clearly, Fair clearly enough. you've never tested your strength against no, another and, man. And, and I'll, I'll try that strategy next time. I'm like holding hands or like you know like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just try it on Greta. I'm sure yeah. she's you know, within. <laughs> Arms reach, just you know, give it her quick Greco-Roman knuckle lock. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, that and a yeah. test of strength. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we talked about that. Bear hug, deadliest move in wrestling. Uh, I know you loved the bear hug. The bear hug, yeah. You seem to think that Andre the Giant uh, had a slightly better bear hug than Ultimate Warrior while we were watching. I, I mean, if, I think if anyone is actually seen this and can recall it off the top of their head and like understand like what we just watched like like what was that they he wasn't even like holding on and like you know he what like this wasn't even like a play on it he was just kind of like loosely like wrapped around his body <laughs> and, so then, and the commentators are going nuts like oh my god he's gonna squeeze the soul out of this guy you know like <laughs> it was just the lightest little like little what? hug Ultimate Warrior was not known for his uh, technical abilities. I don't know if that came through during the match oh. or not, but yeah. not his strong suit. I mean, that wasn't even like technical. You don't. I mean, I could get up there and give a better bear hug than that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was not. It was not good at all. Like, I was. I was a little surprised how like riled up they were getting over this like hug, and like Hulk Hogan's like acting like the life is being sucked out of him, like. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Because I think you and I were chatting during while that was happening towards the end. But like, again, this is an 80s thing more so than it is a today thing. But back then, almost nobody gave up. So like MMA had not come onto the scene. UFC was not super popular. So the idea of tapping out, like tapping out didn't exist. Saying that you gave up made you a pussy. So like nobody did it. So the way that you would lose if it was a submission situation is the referee would, ch- would check your arm so they'd raise your arm up and then they just let go. And if your arm dropped three times, then that's the end of the match. And so Hulk Hogan in, in like just about every single match ever of Hulk Hogan, there would be a bit where the referee would check him, check the arm once it goes down immediately. He's passed out. Check the arm a second time. Goes down immediately. I think he's done for. Check third time, and then the big finger wag. No, 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 no. Yeah, and then he, that, then he you comes said back. that. I didn't understand what that was referring to, but okay, so. 
I, yeah. I got. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, if Hulk Hogan had gone limp from that move, I would not do this podcast anymore. I'd be done. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you drew a line, line in the sand about uh, yeah. what, what your limitation is. I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, let's see here. So we had the, the bear hug. I think between the test of strength and the bear hug, that accounted for at least eight or nine minutes of this match, which was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll about match. That's probably a third of it right there. Like, probably. Uh, uh, realistically. One part that, again, maybe we haven't seen this before. Sometimes I forget about like different things that you're accustomed to versus not. Uh, the referee getting knocked down. Yeah, that was interesting. Have you not seen that yet? I don't think I've seen uh, at least like a referee. I've seen like absentee refereeing, uh, <laughs> but I don't think I've seen them like lay face down on the mat. And then like, you know, that was kind of a, like a, like a focal point. Mm-hmm. Cause they're wrestling right in front of, and like no one did anything. And then when they started like not being able to tap the other guy, they're like, Oh God damn it. Now we got to wake this guy up. Like that's the only concern they had was like, I tapped this guy out twice and, um, I like that part. I do. I like that like aspect of like, you know, you get 68,000 people, you have a little drama on like not only the match, but the, the ref. I like it. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've seen that before. Face down on the mat. Yeah. That ref was like out. He was co- yeah. totally comatose. Yeah. Both guys, I think tapped each other out while the ref was down. Right. Uh, a pinfall. Yeah. They, they both pinned each other. So technically I, maybe not technically, but you know, I could have, Come away with a victory on that, you know. So that's actually something I wanted to talk about. So just as sort of more just information for you that you might find helpful in the future, because I, I who knows what we're going to watch. Um, but you'll notice, so both guys did pin one another while the referee was down. So obviously it doesn't count if the referee isn't, isn't counting it. But do you remember who pinned the other one first? Yeah, Hulk Hogan pinned the Ultimate Warrior twice. So he, yeah, he pinned he pinned the Ultimate Warrior first before the Ultimate Warrior. So that essentially gave Hulk Hogan an out, where fans who were big Hulk Hogan fans could latch onto the fact, like, oh, that referee (laughs) didn't get knocked out. Hulk Hogan would have won that fucking match, just like yourself, just like yourself. (laughs) So that's a really common uh, sort of trope of pro wrestling, where. Maybe the guy doesn't end up winning the match, but there's a bit where the referee's down and like, oh, he would have won in that case. And so in a lot of situations, when when you see that happen, that guy will not win. So is that just like a big talking point for like the WWE, WWF wrestling matches, like in general, like, like he keeps the keeps the banter going a little bit on these like. Yeah, it's well, it's it's less WWE. It's more American wrestling. So in American wrestling, you see that a lot. Where well, it's like, like just American sports, like in general, you know, like some bullshit referee call, like no, like we would have won yeah, that game. Yeah, exactly. You could exactly you could make a case, and so that way you get people still coming back, and like it doesn't yeah. ruin that guy's credibility. He wasn't necessarily worse because he would have won the fucking match had that not happened. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So just something to look out for in future matches well, this, if you see ha- that. This happens like on a somewhat of a. Uh, enough of a recurring basis where like you could even have a discussion about it. Like yes. the ref is like, like is the ref just like gone? Like, or is he like, is he hurt? Like, like this, let me I put it to you. Put some, I, I think on your notes, you should maybe like, 
like a match where the like some drama happens with, with the referee, like some like some like that would be an interesting match to watch. Referee drama. Okay, let me make a quick note. I'll try and I'll try and find something with referee drama. I love a good referee, umpire, <laughs> whatever. I love a good fucking like you know where the fans hate the fucking referee and they ruin the whole game. And you don't even talk about the game; you just talk shit about the fucking umpire, or whoever. I I love that, and that's why I like this match. So. Uh, uh, I'll put it to you like this. I am pretty surprised that we've gone now. This is the 13th match that we've watched so far, and we have not seen this happen yet. I'm very surprised about right. that. So, yeah. But I can absolutely facilitate a match where the referee uh, is a point of contention. So we, we can make that happen. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so then we have the end of the match. Um Ultimate Warrior pressed Hulk Hogan above his head, which you were actually really not impressed by at all. Uh, It's when he pushed Hulk Hogan like literally above his head. (laughs) Struggling. Admittedly, he was struggling. He had been running around for like 20 minutes. He was clearly tired. But like like, he barely did anything in the match either. He like didn't do anything and like he now can barely lift him up and then he won. Like it was fucking stupid. Like this guy's like... You're shitting all over him. Uh, okay, so then you had the the big gorilla press slam. Hulk Hogan hulks up. You finally got a chance to see the Hulk up when you were yeah. expecting yeah. it. It was hopefully everything that you expected and more. But then the Hulk up failed when Hulk Hogan missed the leg drop. Warrior wins with a big splash. Hulk Hogan uh, presents the World Wrestling Federation title to the Ultimate Warrior. Big fireworks celebration and range. It was a good ending of the match. I re- I like that. I lo- I like that the Ultimate Warrior, like you know, they, they had a little coming together, held up each other's hands. It was yeah, it was fucking it was a good ending. It was uh, well 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 done. Uh, probably yeah, like it's, it's the endings haven't really like been anything spectacular, but that was that was uh, that was a pretty good ending. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, because I I was thinking as we were watching like. You're gonna rate this so fucking low, and then you really seem tickled by the referee thing, and then you really seem to enjoy the ending. So yeah, I'm now- I, I would say up until like the referee like went out, that match was one of the worst that I've I've seen. I did not really like it. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's supposed to be like good, but that was not not great. Uh, but I, I really did not have a, a thing for the Ultimate Warrior. That guy is fucking pussy. Like. <laughs> pussy what if i told you <clears throat> what if i told you that this is considered to be one of the best ultimate warrior matches is it really yes <laughs> uh i i mean i wouldn't be like i guess shocked i consider like the audience and like who he went against like i can't imagine him being much better than this <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah i don't know um i've never heard of the guy and he just like sees so ridiculous like Everything about him is just like it just annoys me. That's I'm so let's let's talk a little bit before we wrap things up. Uh, so that's that's the match in a nutshell. Ultimate Warrior beats Hulk Hogan to win the main event of WrestleMania six. So <clears throat> have I told you that I've actually met one time? I met Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, I like got a signing or something, or yeah. So he had a book 
uh, that he's written a couple books, I think. But one of the books that he had, he did a signing in the greater Seattle region. And I actually went to that signing and got an autograph from him. And I got a chance to talk to him very, very briefly. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, it was... So I'll just tell you how it went. So one of my... Obviously, I'm a big wrestling fan. I don't know if anyone listening to this has gotten that sense, but I'm a big wrestling fan. One thing that I cannot stand is when fans will <clears throat> go up to like wrestlers and try and talk to them as if as if they're a wrestler too, or or, or try and like talk a little bit inside baseball to that wrestler. It, it's just yeah, it's yeah. it's presumptuous of kind of what the nature of this whole thing is. Like, I would never have gone up to Hulk Hogan and said, like, man, it's bullshit how Vince McMahon made you lose <laughs> to the Ultimate Warrior. Like, I would have never fucking done that. But what I did do was, so I met him, and I said, uh, I remember WrestleMania six. I was so bummed when the Ultimate Warrior beat you, like, I remember just being, like, so crushed when that happened. And so, so, like, that's how I approached it. And I expected him to kind of, like, be on that same level as, as what I was talking about. But instead, Hulk Hogan starts saying, like, oh, yeah, Vince was trying to push me out. He thought the Ultimate Warrior was going to be the next thing. And I was like, oh, I mean, I wasn't looking to get into that topic, but, I mean, we could talk about it if you want, Hulk. And, and so it's just, just kind of... He was a little bitter about it. <clears throat> Good in, in the moment. I that would be like I think like if you are that's there's like a total difference between like I think being like a wrestling fan and like being a sports because like sports fans do the same thing with like signings and like you know they're really into like but like you could talk to like a uh, whatever basketball or baseball or football player about a game and they'd probably be really Change into example. It. like you could go up to Ken Griffey Jr. And be like. Talk about the catch where he broke his wrist against yeah, the outfield. Yeah, Easily. Like, no issue. Right. But it would be different, like, going into, like, a wrestling match, talking about, like, you know, like, because there's, there is these all, like, there's theatrics that go into it and, like, you know, that whole. Yeah, there's that, rules of engagement where, if, like, even though we all know that they're not actually fighting each other. Right. You can't just go in and be like, oh, man, I really hated the creative on your fucking match. Like, that's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but, like, it's just the, the whole, like, dynamic is just different. Like, I don't know how you approach it as a wrestling fan. I could, uh, that's, I, I would have no idea. I'd probably, I'd probably be a terrible person to autograph <laughs> for, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, so I, I just thought that was worth mentioning around uh, around this match. And, and I'll kind of finish out this episode uh, before we get into Eric's Wisdom Tree, uh, talking a little bit more about the Ultimate Warrior. So it is very funny to me how much you seem to really act dislike this person based solely on what you saw here today. Um, so the Ultimate Warrior, this is literally my note that I wrote for myself. The Ultimate Warrior was a piece of shit. <laughs> Wait, like that was before this, or what? So the human being, so everything that you saw on this match, like that's how Ultimate Warrior is presented on TV. So as a kid, like I liked the Ultimate Warrior, but as I've gotten older and there's more information readily accessible about the human being behind the Ultimate Warrior, yeah. he was a piece of shit. Yeah, like he, he was a total asshole. 
Everybody fucking hated him. He had no time for like kids. There would be like make a wish stuff that, that would happen, and he wouldn't give a shit. There's so many stories about him just being an asshole. I mean, I could sit here and be like, "Yeah, I fucking called it," but I just fucking hate that guy from the beginning. There's some I, I I not I yeah. So he after he retired from wrestling years years after this, obviously this was in his peak, his prime. But uh, years later, he had like a website where he would just go on these weird tangents where he was like, go on anti-gay tangents. And I remember when Heath Ledger died, the ultimate warrior made a post about saying basically how he deserved to die. And just weird, <laughs> strange, almost like a precursor to an alt-right yeah, symbol. Yeah. How, how old is this guy? Um, well, how, well, he's, he's, he's no longer with us now. Oh, he's dead. Yes, he died. When did he? When did he die? It, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, the Ultimate Warrior, and we'll talk about this more when there's a kind of a warrior-centric episode uh, sometime in the future. But Ultimate Warrior had a big falling out with Vince McMahon because the Ultimate Warrior is a big piece of shit. Years later, the Ultimate Warrior kind of made they mended fences with the WWF, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And he showed up on Monday Night Raw, their big Monday show that they run every single Monday. He showed up and he gave a speech. It was the last speech he ever gave as, you know, on a wrestling show. And if you were to watch that now, he basically gave his own eulogy and he literally died the next day. That's that's an interesting like <laughs> like warriors will run forever in the minds and hearts of people and blah, blah, blah. Like if you're watching it back now, you're like, this guy, like he's dying. And then he proceeded to die the very next day. Kind of, like out of nowhere, like unexpectedly, like, uh, I, he seemed pretty winded on, on the Monday night raw show. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his health conditions were kind of leading up to that, but I think, mm. I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, out of line to speculate that he did a fair amount of steroids when he was younger. Uh, and so I think it did a pretty significant amount of damage to his heart. And so um, I'm pretty sure that's what led to him passing away. So early, he, I think he died in like his fifties. Oh, good full life. He, he did. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing I'll mention are kind of around this is after he died, the WWE basically took him and has made him into this symbol of, of greatness and perseverance, despite how much of a miserable and petty piece of shit he was during his life. So, see, these so, are the things you just don't get from like watching a match. Like the story behind this shit is like that's good stuff. I, I you know, the drama behind all this. Like, <laughs> uh, they, they literally do a thing. So they have a Hall of Fame every year. And they literally have an award now every single year that they call the Warrior Award, named after him, that they give not to a wrestler, but to somebody who's like struggled with like a disability or had like a life threatening illness or something. And so they'll give it. I don't fucking know because they're pieces of shit too. <laughs> they're all assholes. Just assholes celebrating assholes. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's the Ultimate Warrior in a nutshell. I'm sure we will probably revisit another Ultimate Warrior yeah. spectacle in the near future, but uh, that's it. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's pull up our list. We've got to figure out 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I gotta score it. Um, it's probably not gonna be high. <sighs> Versus Macho. It's a, yeah. Okay. Um, what are we thinking? Towards the bottom, middle. No, it's like it's middle bottom. Like I'm thinking, kind of behind like Hulk versus Wyatt's. Or no, sorry, not Shield, Shield. versus Wyatt's. Hulk versus Andre. Yeah. Okay. In between. So Hulk versus Andre of our twelve match list as it stands right now. Hulk versus Andre is number nine, and then we have Flair versus Sting right underneath that. Vampiro versus Kiss Demon, and then Steiner's and Harlem Heat, the greatest match of all time. Yeah, not uh, not a great match. Um, so, so you're you're is this the new number ten? This is underneath Hulk and Andre. Yeah, I, I think number ten's a perfect fucking place for this to be. Okay, top so, ten match of all time. Uh, we have Hulk Hogan versus <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior. Wow, Hulk Hogan has three of the top ten matches of all time, as according to Ryan Murphy. That's incredible. You bet he'd be really happy to hear that. Are they like six? Seven and ten. No, seven, eight, and ten. So the Hulk matches with the addition of Hulk versus Warrior, we have got seven, nine, and ten are Hulk Hogan seven, matches. Seven, yeah. Seven, nine, and ten. Yeah. Nice. All right. Lucky number 13 for, for all Ryan Bear Murphy, Ryan Deathmatch Murphy. As again, we continue our march. Towards episode thirty, the deathmatch episode. I can't wait. Every time you say this, it's a little more frustrating. Like episode thirty. Well, I feel Bring like the people want this, Eric. People do want it, but you know what? People want they want it done right. And done right, yeah. right now, in the age of coronavirus, this is not the time. <laughs> we need to be in person together yeah. to watch the deathmatch. I'll talk to Jay Inslee. My favorite guy right now. Yeah, Governor. Yeah, Washington Governor Jay Inslee. This is what the people uh, want. Mm-hmm. They want yeah. the hard mark episode, the death match episode. Yeah, Ryan needs to see some bloodshed in a real good way. Uh, do you, would you like a teaser for next episode? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next episode, we have a returning wrestler. We've only had one wrestler that's actually shown up for multiple matches so far, which is Hulk Hogan. Care to guess who our uh, second returning wrestler is going to be, Ryan Murphy? Shingo. That's a good guess. It's not Shingo. It's a lot of similarities, though. We've got Bam Bam Bigelow, the beast from the east. <laughs> Head tattoos. You thought he was just a fat guy that did stuff, but guess what? He's coming back for next episode, and he's, he's going to be in there against none other than the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. Okay. Yeah, so there we go. Got cool. that to look forward good. to. Good, good. And you know what they say, Ryan? RVD420 means I just smoked your ass. RVD. So, <laughs> so expect expect some fr- frivolity, some shenanigans next episode. Come in another two weeks. Interact with us on social media. We love our fans so much, especially Ryan. He's clapping for you right now. Uh, and with that said... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let me leave you with a little bit of Eric's Wisdom Tree. I know Ryan, Ryan Bear is real hungry, so we got to get him his foodies. Eric's Wisdom Tree for this week. Uh, best store-bought cookies that you can find? Uh, Safeway. Safeway cookies. Uh, like Safeway brand? Or yeah, like, like the Safeway bakery. bakery cookies. 
Hmm. Um, I would not totally. I would. I'd probably agree with you. They're very good. They're very good. They're phenomenal. I just had a. I don't know how big the. You gotta get. You don't want the smaller cookies. You want the larger no. cookies. Those are the best. M M&M? and M. M and M is really good. You know what I actually just got though. Uh. The uh, peanut butter cup ones. Oh fuck! They have those. It's like it. Yes. So it's like peanut butter cookies with like little. They're probably not Reese's, but you know it's the same thing. Reese's peanut butter cups. My wife is historically anti peanut butter cookie because she claims they're too dry. I forced her to try it. Oh, so good. You waited like three weeks to tell me that they had like that's insane. Why can't you ever just be happy that I'm telling you something? Why do you always have to be like so mad that I didn't tell you about it sooner? Eric, I love Safeway cookies and I love Reese's peanut butter cups. Maybe they're not Reese's peanut butter cups, but like. Someone should have notified me that they had these. I will go to Safeway right now. And the check one caveat, the one caveat that I'll that I'll say about all this, I am also a huge fan of their Snickerdoodle cookies, mm-hmm. but those Snickerdoodles are not accessible in all stores, so they may have different cookies depending on which store you're going to. So just something to keep in mind. Greta doesn't They're- like Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, do you know that well, about Greta? I didn't know that about Greta, but that's very uh, that's very Tell big it. of you to continue being with her despite that. I know. Is, it, is this just another way of you trying to get me at, at odds with Greta after the foot tattoo thing and uh, <laughs> telling people not to bother watching uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever that show was? The show I, I told people. I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't, Westworld. I don't, don't watch Westworld either. No, I just like I love peanut butter cups and anything, especially my cookies. And uh, I want her to really hop on board, but you'll get there. Nobody's yeah. perfect. You know, it's fine. Good, good, good ending. note. I like your, I like what you're saying here. Uh, usually I don't usually I, like, um, I am ready to go. Uh, and I think it's stupid, but like uh, this time, well stated, Eric, you're really coming at this with that ultimate warrior energy. And I appreciate that, Ryan. <laughs> well, if- all of that said, today I think I think we're all finished up. Uh, Ryan, anything else you want to impart to the people before we wrap things up? I parted everything I had. I parted with part of me. Um, I've gave I've given everything I've got to the people up to this point. I that's it. That's all. Yeah. I know. You're drenched in sweat. Well, with all that said, everybody today, uh, I hope that you have a good one. Follow us on our various social media channels, and if you're not get hard, damn. get hard. If if you're not hard, <laughs> if you're not hard, get hard. If you're, and once if you're you not get, get hard, get hard. I, you, damn run, it, run. Ryan, I'm doing the thing. If you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. Take it sleazy, everybody. A tortilla. Eric, I'm not fucking done yet. <laughs>